find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today I have another uh, wonderful man on as a guest who um, was one of the men who shared their emotions and their the details, intimate details of their stories from my book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And today's guest, Tom Roberts, um, was very prolific <laughs> in the bad girls department. He's actually in two chapters of the book. Uh, the first one is, you know, of the... Uh, there are a dozen dangerous damsels, 12 types of bad girls, and um, each, each of the types has their own chapter. And so he is in the sexual withholder chapter and married woman on the prowl chapter. Not that he is the sexual withholder, but that his, the woman he married was, who we call Teresa in the book. And... Um, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to you, Tom, um, for sharing all your insights, you know, sharing uh, really heartbreaks, um, you know, your, your true emotions with me as well as the, as the intimate details. Um, it was really, you know, each of the men in the book um, who shared their bad girl stories had, in the end, you know, of course, had heartbreak because that's what bad girls do. Um, let me just start off for those of you who haven't heard me talk about bad girls before. Bad girls are not, I'm not talking about trampy girls or evil girls. I'm talking about women who have had their hearts broken first by their dads. In other words, they've been made to feel unlovable by their dads, whether their fathers were um, abusive or someone else in their family was abusive or um, or or absent and um and then they went on these women who become bad girls went on to date guys who <laughs> well I guess this fits you too Tom in a way <laughs> who were bad boys who broke their hearts and proved that they were unlovable although I think your wife probably uh there were other guys um in high school who um broke her heart in a less you know in some way you can tell us about that um and then, you know, they, they go out with guys who break their hearts and, and convince them that they are not lovable. And then they go for men who, um, 
who they prey upon men. Uh, they decide that since they're not going to find a man who's going to walk into the sunset and love them for who they are, they're going to get something else from the men, or they're going to use something to get their man to walk into the sunset with them, as um, Teresa did uh, with Tom, the woman that he married. And... Um, and of course, to, we'll, we'll talk about the sexual withholder first, Tom. And um, of course, w- women become sexual withholders because um, of many different reasons. Typically, they have been sexually abused by their fathers or by someone in the family, uh, or also they may, and so they they build barriers, you know, they're afraid to have sex with um, another man. They use sex, the promise of sex, to keep the man dangling, all the while hoping that they won't have to surrender to it. And um, their sexual abuse as a, as a little girl has made them become fr- frigid. And uh, also sometimes sexual withholders um, just use the promise of sex and don't hope not to have to give in to it because they're afraid of becoming pregnant, because they um, don't want to have a lifelong connection to the man by becoming pregnant, or they don't ever want to have children, or um, they are afraid of losing control. You know, orgasm involves losing control, and so they may often be afraid of that, uh, being out of control of their body. A lot of times they have anger towards men, and being withholding sexually is a way that they are passive-aggressive towards men, and so on. These are some of the major reasons. Um, also, if they've had embarrassing, uncomfortable, or unpleasant um, experiences with sex in the past, this may be why they don't want to do it again. Or also, um, if they feel bad about their bodies, they feel embarrassed about their bodies. They don't want men to see them naked. They think they're too fat. They're too flat-chested. Whatever they think they, you know, is, is a flaw in their body, they don't want men to see. So that's another reason why they withhold sex and just try to catch their men based upon the promise of um, sex. And, of course, why men feel, why men fall for sexual withholders um, have to do with oftentimes their uh, uncomfortable experiences with sex or uh, their, well, this may include not necessarily their own sexual experiences, but they're having seen what's called the primal scene uh, their parents involved in sex. They walk in on their parents, and um, it becomes something that is scary to them. They don't because they're little little boys. They don't understand what their parents are doing, um, or it doesn't have to be <laughs> both parents. It could be you know one parent and and somebody that they're having sex with, um, and so this makes them feel frightened of sex. And in a sense, they're they're colluding, at least at the beginning, with the sexual withholder because they, too, are, have an ambivalent attitude towards sex. So that's kind of the introduction to the sexual withholder. Of course, there's more details, but nothing is as good as hearing Tom's true story. <laughs> so, okay. take, so take the floor, Tom. All right. Well, it was glad to hear you uh, describe me as a wonderful man. <laughs> well, you for, are. Uh, was, for over 18 years, I wasn't so wonderful. What did you say? I said for over 18 years in that marriage, I wasn't so wonderful. Uh, it it was a uh, 
it was a, a difficult marriage. Sometimes I look back at it. I was escaping from my uh, my my fa- my, uh, my my family and and uh, a lot of dysfunction there. My father was an alcoholic and uh, late in his life diagnosed uh, with uh, manic depressive illness, and so there was a lot of violence uh, going on in the family. But I was also exposed uh, at a very early age to uh, walking in on my parents uh, uh, having sex and, and didn't quite understand what was going on. And then uh, later in my teens, I would fantasize about it and uh, wondered what all that was about. And uh, But uh, in high school, never never dated, always afraid to uh, to ask a girl out and uh, until uh, Teresa came along uh, my senior year and uh, had moved uh, to this little town in the south where we lived uh, from Kansas City and uh, immediately let it known, let it be known she was interested uh, in me and uh, so we started dating and uh, this was back in the 60s in small town uh, uh, in the South, and uh, you know, kids just didn't uh, have sex like they like they did maybe in other parts of the country, and so uh, we were both virgins until uh, until our marriage night. And the first time, it was painful for her; it was uncomfortable for me. We didn't enjoy it, and uh, uh, gradually, you know, began to have. Uh, Sex on a regular basis, but uh, but we uh, after after we graduated from college, and uh, she was uh, looking for work as a teacher, and I was in radio at the time, and uh, so I would have to uh, get up early in the morning to uh, get on the air, and um, she was preparing for the next day's classes when she got her teaching job. And uh, kept giving me the excuse that she wouldn't come to bed or couldn't come to bed when I had to go to bed so that we could have sex. So uh, there was a lot of frustration uh, that was going on with me uh, at the time. And, in fact, it was eight years before we had our first child. And uh, so all during that time, I would uh, be having fantasies about other women. And... uh, then I would begin to uh, to actually uh, pursue uh, other women uh, during that time. And uh, at last count, I think, during that 18-year marriage, I had 12 to 14 uh, extramarital affairs. And uh, it, was, it, it became very addictive uh, for me to uh, to actually go out and find somebody and uh and uh, then of course having to uh, go through all the lies and and you know and and uh try to avoid getting caught until eventually I was and um and uh, that uh, that was really that was really basically uh, the story it was uh, it was frustrating and uh it was during that time too that I found out uh, that she had been uh, sexually abused by an uncle and uh, that uh, that came out uh, many years after our marriage 
her father uh, was a Baptist minister, and uh, you know there was nothing ever untoward that might have been going on in that relationship. In fact, I admired him a great deal and had wished that he was my father because I didn't have a close relationship with my dad. But I found out about the uncle and uh, what happened when she was a little girl sitting on his lap and uh, what, and, and, and the sexual uh, things that he had done to her and how, how bad she felt uh, about it. Um, eventually, during the marriage, she gained a lot of weight, and I think she was very uncomfortable uh, with that particularly after the birth of her second child and uh and I would I would just kind of move further and further away looking for something that uh or someone that might be more attractive uh, to me and uh, uh it just became uh just really uh, a habit and and I found it easier and easier uh to to do that because I, you know, I, I seem to be attractive to other women, and and it was um, it, it, it it became a real uh, a real game for me to at least get my needs met. Well, and also because you were hurt and angry at her. Yes, very much so. You very. know, it's so sad when um, these things don't come out sooner. I mean, if if you now you did go to therapy with her. I did. It was uh, after the, uh, the the first discovery of the of a, of a relationship. Uh, she had discovered uh, some poetry that this woman had written to me, and it was locked in her briefcase. Yes, we'll get into that when we talk about the married woman on sure. the grill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But uh, yeah, we did go to therapy, and it was uh, it was all my fault. You know, she wasn't willing to listen to the therapist. She just kept going back and back to how bad I was and and uh, wouldn't wouldn't take suggestions from the therapist and uh I was trying to be a good boy and promise never do it again and uh that uh, that it really didn't work. It uh, it was uh it was about uh, 8 weeks of therapy and uh, you know nothing nothing really changed. And that's, but then that's when she told the therapist, right, about her uncle. Yes. And um, but she, but that was she wasn't willing. After that came out, she wasn't willing to get into how that might be affecting her and causing her to not want to have sex, which caused you to feel hurt and rejected, and you know, caused you to look elsewhere. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, she just uh, wasn't. She didn't see the connection. Yes, it's it's sad that you know. I certainly want to tell my listeners that. I mean, there's so much in relationships, whether it's bad girls and and you know, or bad boys or whatever it is, marriages, relationships. Um, so many of these secrets people keep hidden because they're ashamed or because they don't want to feel the pain again. They don't want to remember these things. And yet, you know, if that had been dealt with early on in your marriage, you know, when when she first started rejecting you, things could have turned out differently. Very much so. I think I think that we could have, uh, uh, and I had a lot of a lot of pain from my childhood that I just I just needed to I needed to talk about because uh, I mean, in in a, in a way, I was abandoned by my mother who died when I was fourteen. And uh, and so I, I did. I feel I felt a great sense of abandonment uh, by women, and 
and uh, and I tried to talk to her about it and and how painful it was and continued to be uh, every anniversary on December seventeenth, the day mother died. That was always a time of of a lot of sorrow for me. And she told me, uh, I think uh, our first year of dating, you know, she was tired of hearing about it. Hmm. She just didn't want to talk about, you know, my yeah, mother's stuff. That's that's sad. Well, and every time she rejected you sexually, of course, it felt like another abandonment. We need to take another break. We will be back. My guest is Tom Roberts. We're talking about married women on the prowl, uh, sexual withholders, and other bad girls. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacey Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacey Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacey's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacey Stern Show, enriching you, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest, Tom Roberts. He is one of the men who was uh, um, who I owe a debt of gratitude Two, for sharing his stories about bad girls. He was very prolific with his bad girls, and of course you're beginning to understand why. 
Um, in in the first chapter of my book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, um, I taught I have the bad girl test for women to take to see uh, just how bad they are, and uh, or which types they might fit into, or at least have a little bit of badness from these types. Um, and then I also have the sitting duck test for men, which talks about you know which where men have to check off. Um, things that uh, in a list that would make them more vulnerable to a bad girl. And, of course, the main things have to do with their childhood, their relationship with their parents, and, and then there are also things in their current life, such as moving to a new town or having just broken up with a girl. Or There are many different, and, and of course, the past history of relationships uh, is significant, too, certain things that may have happened in past relationships that would make men more vulnerable to bad girls. And, of course, Tom, you know, did have a very poignant uh, childhood. We've, st- we've heard some of it, you know, with um, his father who was alcoholic and who was abusive towards his mother and stepmother and um, uh, who, you know, obviously created a very frightening atmosphere growing up. Um, and he's going to tell you, uh, especially the most formative, oh, and his having talked about um, seeing the primal scene, and uh, he's going to tell you what had the most formative uh, impact on him as a child in a moment. And, um, you know, it's this book actually is for, I mean, thanks to men like Tom who shared his stories, it's for men who... Um, want to know whether they are vulnerable to a bad girl or whether they are dating or married to a bad girl um, and what things in themselves, you know, if just how vulnerable they are, how much they have to be careful of um, being a victim of a bad girl, falling prey to a bad girl. And, of course, that a lot of that has to do with, you know, regardless of which of the dozen dangerous damsels the woman is, the bad girl is, um, one of the characteristics that she that they all share, the main characteristic, is that they make their man feel like the biggest stud on the planet. And these are men who are vulnerable to that, who need that. And so we've just been hearing some of that in Tom's story, and he's going to tell us more uh, as we go on to talk about now his relationships with married women on the prowl. So, Tom, why don't we start with your story? I had mentioned before, um, or you mentioned, actually, uh, the abandonment from your childhood and um, I was saying how each time that Teresa rejected you, your wife, your sexual withholding wife, that it felt like another abandonment. But tell us about where this abandonment um, originally came from in childhood and, and, and what made you feel as though you were undeserving of a good girl. Well, it came certainly with the death of my mother uh, when I was 14. And it's interesting to note that uh, uh, the loss of a mother by adolescent uh, males around that age has a profound effect uh, mentally. Uh, Sigmund Freud, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, to mention uh, Abraham Lincoln, to mention a few, uh, all lost their mothers about that age. And uh, my mother died suddenly, uh, age 34, uh, and it came at a time that I'd gotten into some juvenile trouble with some other boys, we had chopped down a tree and uh, on somebody's property, and we got into trouble and got caught and got fined and so forth. And and uh, my mother uh, had to go to the district attorney's office to pay the fine. And then she came by 
the uh, school where I was in the ninth grade. Well, and this was right before Christmas, so their mm-hmm. paying the fine meant that mm-hmm. your family had no Christmas money for That's presents. True. That's true, and I was reminded of that by Father when I told him what I'd done and you know how much it was going to cost, and he said, this is going to kill your mother. And so, uh, yeah, it was a week before Christmas, and there went the Christmas money. You know, it was $75, 1964. That was a lot of money. And um, and then when Mom picked me up from school, she looked at me and she said, as long as I live, I'm never going to help you out of another mess like this. And just a moment later, she uh, had a stroke. And uh, she, we were only a few blocks from the hospital, uh, from the doctor's office, and she was able to drive down there uh, because I couldn't drive. And uh, I remember as hearing her when she was in the room, in the doctor's uh, examination room, and they brought her uh, an ambulance to pick her up, and she was telling the doctor, tell Tommy I forgive him. And those were the last words I heard Mom say. And uh, my dad came in from the hospital later that evening, and he said, you know what brought this on. And, of course, that was the blame. And then, and then the next day she passed away. And uh, so I carried that. And even though Dad apologized to me many times, I always felt that I was the one who killed my mother. And so the profound guilt the loss, and I was stuck now uh, taking care of my two little brothers and my dad, and until uh, he remarried uh, about a year and a half later, and uh, so that was something that I carried for uh, 40 years. It was very, very difficult to try to try to come to terms uh, with that, but she did. I did feel abandoned because now I was now I was alone and I was stuck in a situation that. Uh, I had to take the brunt of of, uh, my dad's anger. Yes, yes, absolutely, because, of course, he did blame you for her not being being there every day, every time he looked at you. That's so sad. And, of course, course, it contributed to how you looked at relationships with women and how, you know, how you um, wound up marrying Teresa to begin with, who was someone who had told someone that she liked you. I mean, you know, she sort of picked you. (laughs) which is what bad girls do, actually. Um, so now tell us about, you know, the the um, the uh, married women on the prowl who, well, especially, the, well, I guess you can start with Amy a little bit. By the way, um, Tom is Ryan in the book, Bad Girls, um, in case you want to read these stories on your own. But um, you can tell us a little bit about Amy and then, of course, the main heartbreaker uh, for you of the married women on the prowl was Brianna. Yes. Well, uh, Amy was uh, somebody I met at, um, at a conference that I attended. It was a uh, religious drama conference, and I was at that time, I'd left radio and I was teaching at a small college, and I went to this uh, uh, religious drama conference uh, at a uh, at a school uh, that uh, uh, was operated by uh, the Pentecostal uh, Church, and uh, Brianna was all over me. <laughs> oh, you mean Amy? We're not up to Brianna yet. 
Well, I'm sorry, Amy was all over me, and, and uh, it was like she had those long, beautiful black hair that all the way down to her waist, and I'm a sucker for that. I just love long hair, and uh, the, uh, uh, you know, we were, uh, we were, I think we were uh, making out on the couch the first night that I met her. <laughs> So it was like, okay, this is this is exciting, and and then uh, we didn't know if we could wait another year before the next conference before we could get together. She lived uh, a couple of hundred miles from me, and and uh, and so uh, we made arrangements uh, fairly quickly to uh, meet at a resort uh, not far from me, and I was uh, where she would. Uh, she could go with her girlfriend and spend the night in a, in a, a historic hotel, and and I took off. Uh, presumably, I told my 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 wife. I said I'm going to go fishing, so I need to go relax for a while. And uh, so I went to to the lake and I fished for a little while, and just to say that I, I put the pole in the water, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so to speak, right? <laughs> an interesting ter- use of terms. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so so uh so then i then i then I went on up to uh to the resort and uh and uh and she and I got connected and uh the uh the the thing about it was that her friend was in the room, and so we were sharing <laughs> this room two different two separate beds and uh and uh Amy and I were in one bed uh having sex in the other room of uh, person was was pretending she was asleep and and uh and uh i uh it was it was almost surreal. I reached under the pillow and there was a thirty eight caliber pistol and I asked I said, "What is this for?" She says, "Well, it's the case my my husband walks in." And so I thought, is she going to shoot him, me, or her, or what's going to happen? <laughs> so I, I kind of got my mind on other things, and, and we continued through the evening. So it was, yeah, you uh, tried, tried not to let that uh, dampen the experience. Exactly. <laughs> we do need to take another break. My okay. guest is Tom Roberts. We're talking about married women on the prowl right now and other bad girls. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, so stay tuned. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ah, life is good. We don't need to worry about anything. We've got a rock-solid government to make sure all is well. Our dollar and financial future are strong, and everything is going to be okay. Think again. 
We're in a financial crisis and our government and financial systems are failing. You need to prepare and protect yourself and your family. Tune in to the McHale Report with Karen McHale. Our program will tell you exactly what needs to be done right now. Listen every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And get set. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to uh, The Young and the Restless and the Old and the Beautiful. <laughs> and as the world turns, all, through, all into one. Um, we're talking today with Tom Roberts. He's my guest. He is a contributor to my book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. We're talking about married women on the prowl and other bad girls. And uh, when we left Tom, he was uh, uh, having a very passionate rendezvous with his first uh, married woman on the prowl, um, somewhat, <laughs> well, made all the more exciting, shall we say, <laughs> by finding a gun under the pillow in case her husband walked in. Um, and and then okay, but then that relationship she wanted you can sort of that that's that one didn't go very far. You you can kind of tell us how that wrapped up. Yes, that um, that didn't go far. At least you uh, didn't get killed. <laughs> <laughs> but we actually, I actually spent two nights with her. I I, I uh, called my wife the next day and said, "Oh, the fishing is so good, it's so relaxing. I think I'm going to stand on the night." So so I I spent another night there. So. Uh, that uh, that ended uh, in a way. At that point, uh, at least I, I didn't see her again. Uh, she called me uh, about a, oh, a couple of weeks later and said, "You know, we've committed adultery, and I think uh, I think I really think we ought to get married." And uh, she was feeling a lot of guilt about it, and 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 she brought up the big M word, and and I said, "No, I'm sorry. I that that's not." That's not in the plans, and I, I can't do that. Um, and so that was uh, that was it, and um, and uh, we didn't see each other again. Yes. So let's go on to Brianna. That was really the the long term married woman on the prowl. 
very much so. And Brianna was the uh, the wife of a uh, of a colleague at the uh, at the uh, at the college where I taught. And uh, well, even more than a colleague, wasn't he the he was he, he was the dean. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which also made it a little more dangerous. Yes, I have pointed out to Tom that he has this fondness for, for danger, living in dangerous situations. Right, he goes from a gun to the to the boss's wife. So. Yes, <laughs> who probably had a gun. Oh my God. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah, we got we got involved because I started a, a an acting troupe uh, at this at this college. I mean, the acting has has always been uh, my avocation, something I've always enjoyed doing and directing and and uh and then I also started the community theater in this little town and uh so she she hopped right on board to uh, uh to participate and uh I was very attracted to her again a woman with long black hair uh down to the waist and I'm always as I said I'm just a sucker for that and uh, and I, I I sensed uh, some attraction to me, and uh, one night we took uh, students over to do a performance uh, at a church uh, of a play that we were doing, and on the way back, uh, she was sitting in the front seat, and we had three students in the back seat, and uh, I reached over and grabbed her hand, and uh, she squeezed back. And uh, that was the beginning. And uh, so we would uh, we would uh, get together after rehearsals, and uh, she wanted to get a motel, and um, and so we planned a, a, a trip uh, on, a, on a Saturday afternoon where she would go shopping out of town, which she often did. And uh, I just drove over and met her, and uh, we met in the parking lot, and. Drove to a motel with her head down so that nobody would see her in the car with me, and uh, then uh, that was the beginning of a oh gosh two three year sexual relationship that that I had with her, and I became very infatuated. Uh, I fell in love uh, with her, and uh, and brought it up. And uh, there was no way that she was going to leave her husband. She had already been caught once or twice with another man uh, in that marriage and had survived, and she was not going to do that to her husband uh, again, although she was. She, she she was addicted, and she kept doing it again and again. And I well, get, uh, and but you asked her, the, you said you, you mentioned the M word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted marriage. I, I really thought I did, and uh, it was uh, it was something that was not uh, in, in the cards. I mean, she just wasn't she just wasn't willing to do that, and uh, I, I think she might have thought that it would spoil the relationship if we did, and it was it was too much fun for her to to do what we were doing, and uh, if we settled down, then she would just be out, you know, prowling around again. Yes, and you know, um, uh, it was interesting the way I, I liked the way you described it when, uh, when she, well, that moment when you brought up marriage and and you know she looked at you in horror. Do you remember how you described it? Yeah, there was just that long silence for a moment, 
and uh, it was uh, it was uh, I remember exactly where we were sitting. We were sitting in my car on on a street, a quiet street in this little town, and uh, and it was uh, it was just uh, you know the silence was almost deafening. And you and, said it was like being in high school. Yeah. And asking a girl to the prom, mm-hmm. and you can tell she's just thinking, "Ooh." <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> it was that way. It was that way. Yeah. Uh, and so go ahead, but continue with the rest of the story. Well, it uh, it it it, uh, it continued as I said, and I and I'd gone back to graduate school. I was working on my PhD. And uh, during the summers, and uh, so we would be apart uh, for a while. And uh, she would write poetry uh, and send it to me, and I would tuck it away in my my attaché case and uh, lock it. And um, then one summer, I went to uh, L.A. for a Directors Guild uh, workshop and was gone for a couple of weeks, and I came back home. And uh, the kids were gone. They had. Uh, the, my wife had said that the, she sent the kids off not to be with the grandparents for for a little while. And I was sitting in the living room, and suddenly she drops all of this poetry, all these letters from from her uh, on my lap. And I thought, oh my God, I was in my briefcase. <laughs> she said, you forgot that I the one who helped you set that lock for the briefcase when I gave it to you, the attaché case, when I gave it to you for your birthday ten years ago. And it was my birthday, and I never changed the combination. And uh, then she started hounding me about that relationship, about whether I had had sex with this woman or not. And I kept denying it. And this went on for several hours, and finally I broke down and confessed. And then she said, I'll be back in a minute. And I heard her drive away, and she came back um, within 30 minutes or so. And she said, I want you to know what I did. I went over to her house, and she answered the door, and I said, step outside. And when she stepped outside, I slapped her as hard as I could and turned around and walked away. And uh, so the next day I saw her in the parking lot at school, and she told me what, uh, what my wife had done. And, um, and I said, I'm sorry, that, that's it. We, we just can't see each other anymore. I, I, you know, this is all over with. And, uh, and that was the end of that. But uh, but uh, uh, with the exception that, uh, that my wife and I went into therapy uh, after after that happened. And you went into a deep depression. Yes, very much so. Yeah, the depression. The, it seems like the the women in my life are all antidepressants, and uh, when I finally lost that one, that was you know that just sent me in a tailspin. And uh, I went to went off on sabbatical for a year to finish the coursework for my for my doctorate, and was drinking heavily uh, while I was going to school, and 
I knew that I couldn't drink when I came back home, and plus the fact that this uh, the school where I taught was a was a conservative Christian school, and nobody drank, and it wasn't allowed for professors to drink, certainly. And so I just uh, threw the bottle out the window and uh, uh, from my car, and uh, that was it. And the depression just intensified until uh, I finally admitted myself to a hospital. Yes, which is, you know, a, a prime example of the havoc that bad girls can wreak. I mean, granted, you're not saying certainly that uh, you were a saint by, I mean, you admit that you were cheating on your wife and so on, but at the same time, <laughs> and you'll have to go in my next, uh, in my updated bad boys book, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, this, uh, the, this, the pain, the heartbreak um, that a bad girl can cause um, is just very, very traumatic. I mean, I, the, I, you've read the stories of the other men in the book um, who have had experiences with bad girls, and of course, you know, it never does have a happy ending. Um, these, these are heartbreaking relationships. That's the nature of them, because essentially the men are... Um, exploited for for what they for what they need from them, and um, and then when that's over, um, you know, they're they're that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and and meanwhile, the men have fallen madly in love with them. I mean, even your wife, you you know, you did love her and and would have continued with her if she um, if she didn't keep uh, essentially abandoning you every time she rejected you for sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so, and and it was uh, uh, even even the abandonment uh, during the depression when I was depressed. It it was an abandonment all over again. Uh, oh, nothing's wrong with you, and uh, you know that uh, you don't need to take medication, you don't need to see a therapist, you don't need to do this or that. And it was just a reminder constantly that there was something inherently wrong with me, but uh, that I could snap out of it. And uh, and so there was that sense of um, of of absolute aloneness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to take another break. My guest is Tom Roberts. We're talking about married women on the prowl and other bad girls. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. 
www.drcarol.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about married women on the prowl and other bad girls with Ryan, also known as his real name, Tom Roberts. Ryan in my book, um, who contributed uh, several stories about bad girls. We were talking just before the break about his uh, most heartbreaking relationship, and that was with, well, a woman we're calling Brianna. Um, and Married women on the prowl want their cake, want to have their cake and eat it too. They want the passion and romance of a forbidden relationship and the security of a husband waiting for her at home. And of course, that's what Brianna uh, personified. And often, what these married, why these married women go on the prowl is because they have a disturbing feeling of dissatisfaction. They're dissatisfied with their husband, with their sex life, with their life as a whole. And so they feel as though if they, they go looking for it, they go looking for this excitement that they're missing. Um, a lot of times these are women who have buyer's remorse. They've married a man and, you know, he seemed great on paper or he seemed great at the moment that she was marrying him and then she realizes that he has deficiencies, particularly deficiencies in the bedroom. Um, you know, either he is not interested in sex anymore or he's unable to satisfy all her sexual needs. But it can be, you know, emotional, too. It can be a man who um, is not connected enough with her emotionally, and she goes looking for a man who who has and wants more of that that deep connection with her. So basically, and sometimes these married women, um, like Brianna, had no, have no intention of leaving their husband. Other times they are looking for a guy to, um, to change, <laughs> to exchange with their husband. Um, or they're looking also sometimes to be found out. But the, re- the men who are likely to fall for married women on the prowl are men that uh, meet um, some of Tom's 
uh, childhood childhood uh, traumas, you know, who who and particularly his trauma of losing his mother at age 14, and particularly the way in which he did it, in which he, you know, felt guilty and, and as though he didn't deserve a good girl or, or a girl who isn't married or a girl who doesn't have some problem on her own. Um, the reason why men are more likely to fall into the trap of a married woman on the prowl um, is when, they, when they've lost their mother through death or divorce or their mother isn't emotionally available, they have felt a painful abandonment. And this abandonment teaches them not to get too close to women in the future. And when they see a, a woman is married on the, you know, at the first blush, it seems to them as though they tell themselves, okay, I know she's married, I'm not going to get overly involved with her, I'm not going to get too emotionally attached to her because I know she's married. And that works for a while. <laughs> you know, they think they can enjoy the sex and, and enjoy the excitement of the relationship and, and that'll be uh, enough. And yet what happens is what happened to Tom. As time goes by, they get more and more attached. They get more frustrated by the married woman being unavailable to them at all the times they want them to be available. And, of course, you know, the worst part is when the married woman on the prowl doesn't want to leave her husband when they've finally decided that they do want to be with her. So that, in a nutshell, of course, there's more details, you know, and more stories for each of the dozen dangerous damsels. There are stories like Tom's in the book, uh, where men have shared their pain and their advice and their essentially their stories are are both warnings to men to not get involved with these types of women to see the red flags, but they're also stories that can be read by good girls to see some of the ways that bad girls have caught their men. Not that I'm trying to make good girls turn into bad girls, but there are certain things that are tried and true that bad girls use these secrets that can get a man attracted and keep a man with them. So um, I want to, I don't want to, I want to make sure I leave enough time to tell you a couple of things. Um, first of all, I want to tell you about Tom's website. If you want to hear more, see more about him, his website is TomSpeaksOut.com. And Tom, tell my listeners what they'll find. Well, the, the website's focus is on breaking the stigma uh, uh, surrounding mental illness. Uh, I was uh, diagnosed with bipolar uh, four years after my divorce, and uh, I discovered, you know, in the process of dealing with that, uh, having to having to live with the stigma against it. Uh, a year after I was diagnosed, my my brother committed suicide, uh, and and. Uh, primarily because of the stigma attached to going and seeking, seeking help. So I try to provide a lot of information about, about that particular psychiatric disorder along with schizophrenia and depression, uh, post-traumatic stress and so forth, and also to pr promote myself as a speaker. And I, I just love uh, speaking uh, about and speaking out about uh, living with a mental illness. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I felt that a lot of my uh, extramarital relationships served as antidepressants for me. And when I wasn't in a relationship or one ended, uh, as it did with Brianna, I did sink into a very, very deep uh, depression. And again, that website is Tom Speaks 
www.thinkingout.com. So, That's and right. obviously you can hear that he speaks out very well, sharing parts of himself um, that really drives the message home. And, and uh, so do take a look at that. I also want to tell you that um, I uh, have, I taped a, a show of um, Dr. Phil's, which is going to be airing this Monday, April 25th, unless they change the schedule at the last minute, but let's hope it's still at the right time. Um, so Dr. Phil, this coming Monday, April 25th, check that out. It was a cool show. There were uh, three, <laughs> three bad, very bad girls and uh, guys who, guys who um, were good guys and who kept falling into the traps of bad girls, and then there were women who were um, good girls and who obviously were having lots of trouble attracting and keeping a guy. And it was, it, you'll see this uh, video of putting the good girls and the good boys in the same room backstage. And the video says it all. You know, nobody approaches anybody. They look like they're in high school and, uh, you know, standing on the walls of the room and sort of barely glancing up at each other. And that's, you know, it's, those, are the, those are the guys that bad girls know to prey upon, you know, the guy that shows a little insecurity and so on. And for the, for the women, um, these good girls who don't know any or didn't know before they were on the show and we talked all about it, um, didn't know any bad girl secrets, they just they don't know how to come on to a guy. And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about, uh, well, there's a certain way that bad girls come on to a guy that gets results, <laughs> that gets the guy interested versus uh, if a good girl does dare to come on to a guy, she does it in a way that, that is all wrong and turns guys off because it seems like she, she's too hungry and desperate for a relationship. So do catch that, Dr. Phil, on Monday, April 25th. And um, also I do want to uh, draw you to my uh, Facebook page, Ask Dr. Carol, and um, also the, the website with the videos of bad girls and guys and the tw- dozen dangerous damsels on badgirlsbook.com. And if you go to, um, I'm going to soon have, you're going to be able to buy the book from my own website, but for now... You know, all bookstores and, and the web um, presences, barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. And, and for those of you who go to amazon.com, again, I, if, if you haven't heard me say this before, um, please note that I have been Amazon bombed because of my comments that have nothing to do with the book about video games being violent and video gamers. Um, I was quoted as saying that. I, I'm an expert in, in uh, media violence and uh, and being an anti-media violence activist, and gamers did not like that. I said that video games were bad for you, so they Amazon bombed me. They wrote all these bad reviews on Amazon that we have been trying to get off pretty much to no avail. But anyhow, so don't be put off by that. (laughs) It is just the video gamers trying to show that they are not violent by putting all these violent uh, commentaries on the website as soon as my quote came out, so they couldn't possibly have read the book in time. But anyhow, um, thank you, Tom, so much for sharing your story in the book and uh, on the show today. And please, everybody, go to his website, TomSpeaksOut.com. My, um, my Bad Girls Book website is BadGirlsBook.com. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. 
Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.